If you're not getting enough progressions and you want to get even more thoughts on creativity, productivity, and growth in music, then you should sign up for my newsletter. You'll find a brief article in each monthly edition as well as updates on progressions and myself. I'm also sharing some workflow hacks and links to stuff that I found interesting or helpful. So it should be fun. If you want to stay up to date on the latest and get all the bonus stuff, go to travisferrance.com slash subscribe or click the link in the show notes. Hey, y'all, I wanted to take a second before we get into this episode to remind you that the show is also available on YouTube. And starting from episode number 101, it's all in 4K. I'm trying to make the best video podcast I can, so definitely check it out and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Go to youtube.com slash at progressionspod or hit the link in the show notes. I want to take a second to tell you about Secret Sonics, a podcast by Ben Wallach and Carl Bonner. Secret Sonics is one of my favorite shows, and it's now double amazing with the addition of Carl Bonner as a co-host. Ben and Carl have teamed up to discuss the real-world trials and triumphs of music production. They cover it all from mixing and studio tricks to branding and mindsets. If you're a fan of progressions, you'll be a fan of Secret Sonics. Check it out wherever you listen to podcasts or hit the link in the show notes. Am I charging enough? Can I charge more? And what do they charge? These are the questions that keep music freelancers like you and I up at night. Last year, I more than doubled my income from engineering and mixing, and I want to help you do the same by giving you a set of tools to help you understand how to value your time. This episode is not about getting more clients. It's about being confident about the value of your time and translating that to your rates. So if you're new to the show, my name is Travis Ferentz. I've been working as a recording engineer and mixer in Los Angeles for almost 20 years. I bounced back and forth between being on staff at studios and freelancing. And for the last seven years, I've been fully freelance and it's only been like the last half of that time that I've really felt that I understood rates and value. So let's get right into the question that we're all asking ourselves. What should my rate be? Now, I should warn you that I'm not gonna give you a specific one rate fits all answer here. It's gonna be different for everybody and it's gonna change throughout your life. And that's the key point. Your rate has to change. What I'm gonna do is I'm going to give you philosophies and ideas that have helped me answer these questions for myself. The first step to determining your rate is to understand the current value of your time. Not what you believe your time should be worth, but what you're actually making per hour of time worked at this moment. About 10 years ago, I was on staff as an engineer at Capitol Studios in Hollywood. I was making around $35 an hour, which felt substantial compared to the 10 bucks I started at when I first moved to LA. But the real money was in the freelance mixing I was doing on the side, or at least so I thought. I was doing mixes for at best $500 a song. 500 bucks. That was a lot of money at the time. An eight hour day at Capitol was only getting me 280 before I paid the tax man. So this was way better, right? I assumed it was until I counted the hours that it was taking me to deliver a mix. That's when I realized that I was actually making more per hour at my engineering gig. I had fallen for the illusion that many of us are tricked by, the illusion that a project fee is making us more money than working an hourly job. But many of us don't take into account the amount of time it takes to do that job. We just get excited about putting a bigger number at the bottom of the invoice. I was pretty shocked when I did the math and learned my hourly gig was paying me more. So I started tracking every project I did that wasn't through capital. Everything from engineering day rate gigs to mix projects. It all went into a spreadsheet. There's a version of that spreadsheet available for free in the description below. Download it if you want to check it out and get nerdy. And so by doing this, 
I was able to start understanding what kind of jobs took how long. And then in turn, how to create project quotes that would fit the artist budgets and still pay me a reasonable wage. This might seem a little overkill, but I found that knowing what your average hourly rate is helps you understand if you're actually making more money. As a freelancer, we all have ups and downs, right? Maybe you made $50,000 from music one year and $60,000 the next year. That's an increase year over year, right? Well, what if that $60,000 year was actually made up of more projects that were lower paying gigs than the year prior? If that's the case, then it's likely that your hourly that year would have actually gone down. So you technically made less money for your time. This is why I think as a freelancer, your hourly wage better dictates how much you're making than a yearly gross total does. Another reason to be aware of your current hourly is to make sure you're even making a livable wage. If you're making, say, $20 an hour working at a local restaurant and you're only making $8 an hour from your music side work, then you should not be rushing to quit that job just yet. Wait until you see that you're making at least the same then you know that you'll be covering your expenses and maintaining your standard of living. Which brings us to our next point. You've got to understand how much money you need to live. So now that you know how much money you're making from your music, the next step to determining your ideal rate is to understand your expenses. Begin by listing out your core living expenses. What is your rent? How much do you spend on food and transportation? What are your monthly business expenses? Do you have subscriptions or studio rentals? And don't forget about debt, loans, mortgage, car payments, all of that. List it all out. With that in mind, you can use the knowledge of your average hourly rate along with how long it usually takes you to do a job to see how many jobs you need to do to pay those bills every month. Is it a realistic number? Do you need to do four gigs a month or 100 gigs a month? And how does that number stack up against the number of gigs you're currently doing? I'm not gonna work through every scenario here because everybody watching this is gonna be in a completely different financial equation but just try different numbers in your equation. Try different rates and see how things fit together. And again, you can do this on the downloadable worksheet that is linked in the description. But before we move on, I have to say, do not, please do not forget about the future. If you're trying to make music your full-time job, then yes, worry about matching your income first. But if you're watching this and you already make most of your income from music production, then start thinking about saving. How much do you need to set yourself up for retirement or having a family or going on vacation? Now, I'm not the one to be giving proper financial advice, but I can say from 20 years in this business that many of the music production jobs that you're gonna find out there only pay you when you're in the room doing the work. So will you wanna be in the room doing the work at 70? Maybe, hopefully, right? Because we all love this, but maybe not. You've gotta think long-term once you have the financial positioning to do so. And so along those lines, don't forget to give yourself a raise, like I mentioned in the beginning. That's the best part of being a freelancer. You have the power to increase your rate at any time you choose, especially in the current world of high inflation. If you see the earning power of your dollar going down, then you have got to compensate in your business. And that brings us to the last part of this episode, how to raise your rates. And if you figured anything out from this episode so far, then you know I'm not gonna give you a direct answer on this. I'm just gonna give you a set of things to get you thinking. So first off, if you wanna raise your rate, what's stopping you from just raising it? Why isn't the next quote you send someone double what the last one was? You just hopefully spent time understanding your hourly wage and your required expenses. You've got a number to look at. So look at it. Is that hourly wage what you believe your time is worth? It's that simple. When you see that number, are you pissed or are you feeling pretty good? If you're not satisfied, then what makes you feel compensated for your time? If you're making $10 an hour and you want 20, why can't you double your rate? Ultimately, your worth comes down to what you want it to be. 
If you're letting others determine your worth, then you'll never have the control you want. An example of letting other people control your worth is taking every job for any amount. If you're starting conversations with, what's your budget? Then you're essentially saying, I don't know what I'm worth, and you are no longer in control. On the other hand, if you know how long it takes you to do a job and what your hourly is, you can say with confidence, I can do a job like that for about $1,000. And then wait. If they come back and say that they only have 800, then you can once again take your knowledge of what your time is worth and decide, is this project worth it to me to make less on? Maybe it's an artist that you could have a long-term relationship with, or maybe you just love it and it makes your soul happy to be involved. That is totally valid. We are making art. Sometimes we gotta do one for us. But at least you're aware that you've made that choice. You are still in control of your rate. Here's another angle. What if you've run all these numbers and you truly believe that you're maxed out in your current market? Maybe $400 for a mix is the most anybody in your town will pay. You can still raise your hourly and make more money if you can shave time off of a project. So think about ways you can spend less time but maintain the same quality work. Can you automate stem printing or mix prep with things like Soundflow or Keyboard Maestro? Can you find a drum or vocal editor that you can outsource work to so that when you sit down at the mix, you do what earns you the most money and is the most fun? I've done all of the above. And I know hiring people can seem daunting at first, but once again, if you do the math, a lot of math in this episode, you can find a system that works. If you're averaging $50 an hour and you're paying an editor 15 and it shaves three hours off your work time, you just spent less than what you make in one hour to gain three. That's a big win. So I know we've spent this whole time talking about money and it might be discouraging sometimes to look at what you're making or to think about what others might be making, but I really believe that being willing to do this math and look at these numbers is empowering. It was for me. It changed the way I thought about the jobs that I took. I think it also brings to light gaps that you might have, which is important. Those gaps reveal where you need to grow and improve. If you need to charge X amount and nobody's willing to pay that, then why is that? What is the gap that you need to close to make that rate a reality? Do you need more experience? Do you need to find a different client base? Is there a skill you can learn or a service you can add that would help? Maybe it's just your sales pitch. You'll learn a lot about yourself by just digging under the hood of your business. I definitely did. So don't forget to check out the downloadable worksheet below. And remember that this is all meant to give you the tools to recognize where you currently stand and plan where you want to go. And as a freelancer, it is your responsibility to decide the value of your time. Don't let anybody else tell you what you're worth. That's it for this week's episode of Progressions. Thank you so much for watching or listening. Be sure to check out all the links and resources mentioned in the episode down below in the video description or in your podcast show notes. If you're listening to this as an audio podcast, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify. It helps the show so much. And if you're watching on YouTube, feel free to drop any thoughts or questions about the episode down below. Let's keep the conversation going. For those of you watching, you'll be getting a link to another episode you might enjoy popping up somewhere right about now. And for those of you listening, check out the YouTube. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, and I will see y'all next time.